0: You're going to love this. Just love it. I agree.
1: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight I got the feeling that something right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair This clowns to the let me jokers to the right here I am stuck in the middle with you yep yes i'm stuck in the middle with you
0: live from the Pacifica Radio Studios in Los Angeles this is your broadcast broadcasting live today from 90.7 FM in LA 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara 93.7 FM In San Diego, 99.5 FM Ridgecrest and China Lake. 91.7 FM KYAQ on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast. I hope that's not on fire. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org. On the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, the iTunes On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio Free Brooklyn, Pacifica Radio affiliates unknown but much beloved, and of course, Radio Sputnik, five days a week. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me... From Bradblog.com, another big show for you today. As usual, we will, however, uh, today, since we are live in the studio, we will try to open the phones. Yes, these are your public airwaves. Still use them before you lose them more than you already have. If you'd like to get in on today's program. You can call us at 818-985-5735 if you are listening live right now. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, And a reminder that we are indeed on five days a week. For those who don't pick up our show live, you can always stop by bradblog.com to download it or, for example, the archives at kpfk.org where you can get every day's program, a different show, every day of the week. Well, Monday through Friday, so close enough. Uh, 818-985-5735 will be our phone number. Presuming the phones work today, because, you know, uh, we had a few problems this afternoon, this morning, with things that are mechanical and computerized. The New York Stock Exchange suspended trading at approximately 11:30 a.m. on Wednesday morning, their announcement, we're currently experiencing a technical issue that we're working to resolve as quickly as possible. We will be providing further updates as soon as we can and are and are doing our utmost to produce a swift resolution, communicate thoroughly and transparently and ensure a timely and orderly market reopen the New York Stock Exchange said. The Department of Homeland Security told CNN that there was, quote, no sign of malicious activity at the New York Stock Exchange. At the same time, the Wall Street Journal's homepage stopped functioning. The Journal was able to restore a limited homepage by about 12.15 this afternoon with the message, WSJ.com is having technical difficulties. The full site will return shortly. United Airlines computer system malfunctioned Wednesday morning just before all of this happened, but it was back up about an hour later by the time the New York Stock Exchange went down. Someone with direct knowledge of the United Airlines situation told CNN that its employees have investigated the, quote, computer glitch and determined the company wasn't attacked. This was not the work of hackers at all, the person said the person who is unnamed by CNN for some reason, there was no hacking whatsoever and there is no evidence of any connection to what is currently happening at the New York Stock Exchange. The New York Stock Exchange also assured the public that hackers were not behind the shutdown. There is no need to worry. Quote, the issue we are experiencing is an internal technical issue. It is not the result of a cyber breach. The Stock Exchange tweeted, trading eventually resumed late on Wednesday. About three hours later, WallStreetJournal.com was back up by Wednesday afternoon, albeit with their bare-bones website and basic formatting. The company didn't say what caused the issue. Some have speculated that the New York Stock Exchange shutdown attracted a flood of visitors over to WallStreetJournal.com and overloading the uh, the site's servers. That's about the only part portion of this story. That makes sense. What ties all three failures together? CNN asks. The companies involved are all business operations that rely on massive computer systems. Automated software is complex, they say, sometimes involving millions of lines of computer code. All it takes is a single error, even misplaced text, to grind it to a halt. Increased dependence on undependable things allow for, allows for cascading failures, said Joshua Cornyn, a cybersecurity expert who might as well have been quoting the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski, who who warned us about all of these things, didn't he? Well, there you go. Um, so the New York Stock Exchange goes down. United Airlines goes down. Well, it didn't go down, but they stopped all flights for uh, an hour or two. The Wall Street Journal went down. These are billion-dollar businesses with billion-dollar security systems, and at a mission-critical moment, they go down. They can't be accessed for hours at a time. And yet, and mark my words, write this down, you will be told— That internet voting is the next best thing. You got to have it. It's coming. Get used to it. You got uh, cell phones. You can do your banking online after all. So why not vote? Well, why not vote? This is just one of the reasons why we should not be voting online with electronic systems uh, at a mission-critical moment when there is one day for election day and and the computers are going to go down for three hours. Really? You think that's a good idea? Well, there are a lot of people who do think that's a good idea. I ain't one of them. Uh, on yesterday's program, uh, we talked about Scott Walker and what he tried to pull off over the uh, over the July 4th weekend. We spoke with uh, uh, Brandon Fisher, Brendan Fisher, General Counsel at Center for Media and Democracy, about that. We'll get into that in a little bit because uh, what he tried to pull off over the weekend was extraordinary. What he succeeded in pulling off Over the weekend was perhaps even worse. We will talk about that in a little bit. Scott Walker is a governor uh, who is not dumb at all. You can say what you want about him, but he's not stupid. And he's about to run for president of the United States. So no wonder he tried to do what he did over the weekend. He's not stupid. We will talk about him a little bit because since he's not stupid, he is dangerous. Uh, And uh, and you need to know about them. But for the moment, I want to turn my attention to stupid governors in this nation. No, I'm not talking about Sarah Palin because she's no longer a a governor, although we do have she is in in the news a little bit this week. She announced over the weekend that she would stop selling subscriptions to her Sarah to her Sarah Palin channel. Uh, In August, a little over a week after Fox News cut the ties with the Alaskan, former Alaska governor and Republican vice presidential candidate, Palin told subscribers to her channel that the content on her site will now be free. And America rejoiced. Uh, It will now be free. Those with annual subscriptions would be refunded for the rest of the year. So uh, her fortunes seem to be falling Um, But no, she's not the dumb governor that I was hoping to talk about uh, today. We have long regarded Maine's Republican governor, Paul LePage, as the dumbest governor in the nation at least potentially the dumbest governor in the nation. And now it's pretty clear as of what has been happening over the past 24 hours in Maine that Paul LePage is the dumbest governor governor in America. Now, previously, when Arizona's Jan Brewer and Pennsylvania's Tom Corbett were still in office, there was a real contest for that title. But with Brewer now out of office after being termed out and uh, Tom Corbett now out of office after being run out by the electorate in Pennsylvania Last year, LePage clearly holds the title of the dumbest governor in the nation, if not the dumbest governor in American history. If there was any doubt about that, what just happened in Maine over the past 24 hours should clear away any question of Paul LePage's dumbness and the fact that he is the nation's stupidest governor. And no, I'm not talking about the dumb thing that he did that may get him impeached. Yes, Paul LePage may now be impeached, but what he did over the past 24 hours is even dumber than what may get, get him impeached. Now, before I tell you what LePage just did, a few reminders of how dumb this guy actually is. As early as 2001 at BradBlog.com, we started noticing this guy just after he took office. And immediately when he ordered the removal of a mural from the state uh, the state's Department of Labor, Labor because the mural was too pro-union-y or something. It depicted a history of labor in Maine, because, after all, it was the Maine's Department of Labor. That and other Tea Party-ish things that this uh, then-new governor was doing resulted in a bunch of state senators, eight of them, in fact, from his own party, asking him publicly in an op-ed to, uh, Governor, please tone it down, they wrote... uh, That were these isolated incidents, we would bite our collective tongues, they wrote at the time in an op-ed. But unfortunately, they are not isolated, but frequent. Therefore, we feel we must speak out. They spoke out against their own governor in their own state of their own party. In 2013, and I can only hit a few of these dumb things that uh, Governor Paul LePage has done. In 2013... We highlighted the brain trust that is Paul LePage once again as he was actually celebrating. And Desi Doyen, our producer, you may remember this. Uh, remember he was celebrating the melting Arctic on the premise that it opened up the Northern Passage as a shipping lane for Maine? Do you remember that? Yeah. He was He was happy about it. He was happy that the Arctic was actually melting. Despite the fact that global warming, in addition, in addition to threatening the entirety of, uh, you know, human civilization. Is all, already was posing immediate dangers to Maine's uh, what was it his maple uh, the, the yeah, maple the, syrup the, industry. the maple syrup
1: industry has a problem because it's affecting the, the you know the mm-hmm. production of maple syrup and also the sea level rise is going to be a huge issue you know he doesn't think things through
0: yeah, well and it had also knocked out the well, he doesn't think things through because he doesn't have a brain to think <laughs> things through but uh, it also knocked out the, the shrimping, shrimping industry up there oh, in the Maine for a industry while. Yeah. yeah so uh, and he said at the time this is a, an actual well, quote, uh, everybody looks at the negative effects of global warming, but with the ice melting, the northern passage has opened up, according, he said this to the uh, Bangor Daily News at the time. So maybe instead of being at the end of the pipeline, we're now at the beginning of a new pipeline. So he was happy that global warming was underway because he, he was under the impression it would help him in Maine. But one of my personal favorites, uh, uh, favorite clues about this guy's dimwittery, came back in 2013 when he claimed, and Des, you'll remember this as well, when he claimed that a new wind turbine at a Maine university, one that had produced some 680,000 kilowatt hours of clean electricity in its first year, saving the school about $100,000, not to mention the reduction of dangerous CO2 uh, output, that that actually had a, quote, a little electric motor that turns the blades. Remember that? To give the
1: impression. Yes. that's But what he it's said. not really gathering clean. That's all fake.
0: That's right. That's According what he said. to him. He said, I'm serious. This is a direct quote. These were remarks that he made to the Skohegan Area Chamber of Commerce in April of 2013. I'm serious. They have an electric motor so they can show people that wind power works.
1: Unclear on the concept. Yeah.
0: So where was he coming up with this nonsense? Where was Paul LePage coming? I know we haven't gotten to the dumbest part yet, so buckle up. Where was he coming up with it? Turns out his his own staff finally had to step in and put a stop to it, but Paul LePage had been meeting about once a month uh, for several hours each month with a group of right-wing sovereign citizen extremists and taking great interests and even action on what they had to say on their remarkable uh, conspiracy theories, you know, about the, the, what a scam that wind power is, his uh, legal and con- other conspira- conspiracy theories. That uh, These were all documented by Mike Tipping, a reporter, in a book that was called As Maine Went, Governor LePage and the Tea Party Takeover of Maine. When Tipping's reporting was first published, the Portland Press-Herald at the time tried to get a response from LePage's press secretary, Adrian Bennett, but didn't have much luck. Here's here's one of the quotes from the the Portland Press-Herald. Bennett did not address why LePage met with the group, these sovereign citizens, with the group eight times, why a county sheriff was asked to look into their demands, or why the governor's legal staff was asked to draft an opinion of the group's claims, that Senate President Justin Alfond, Democrat from Portland, and House Speaker Mark Eves, Democrat from North Berwick, should be arrested and executed. That's he actually did this. Governor Paul LePage actually did this, said that these guys, the Speaker of the House and the Senate president in Maine, should be arrested and executed. And again, we're not to the dumbest part yet, but remember that name. Remember the name House Speaker Mark Eves, one of the uh, guys that uh, he said should be arrested and executed. The Democrat from North Berwick, the House Speaker. He, he's going to come up again in this story in a moment, even if it's not in the dumbest part. OK, in late 2014, during the Ebola Panic. Remember Ebola? Remember? Remember? That was just late last year. Everybody was panicked. Remember Fox News led you to believe it was spreading like wildfire in the U.S. because Obama was just so incompetent or wanted to kill everybody with Ebola or whatever nonsense. Okay, remember the medical aid worker, Casey Hickox? Uh, Remember her? She had uh, come back from treating Ebola patients in Sierra Leone and New Jersey's very own genius governor at the time, Chris Christie, forced her into quarantine for no reason whatsoever. Remember this? Even though Hickox did not have Ebola, she never had Ebola. She was not infectious with Ebola. She was always symptom free of Ebola. And she was following the Federal Center for Disease Control and Prevention's recommendation of daily monitoring for fever and other signs of the disease. Because, you know, she actually knew how to deal with Ebola, having just returned from treating it in West Africa. Well, once she finally escaped Chris Christie's stupid makeshift Ebola prison, she returned to her home state of, you guessed it, Maine where Governor Paul Genius LePage then stationed state troopers outside of her house to intimidate her as he went to court to try to restrict her movements to keep her from leaving her house, even though she never had Ebola, she didn't have Ebola, she had no symptoms of Ebola, etc. Here is how uh, Governor Genius's creepy uh, statement sounded, his mafia-like comment that he offered in response to reporters who asked why state troopers were stationed outside the house of Ebola worker, Casey Hickox.
2: The reason there's a police car there is to protect her more than anybody. Because mm. the last thing I want is for her to get hurt. Yeah. But at the same token, her
0: behavior is really riling a lot of people up. And, uh, you know, I can only do what I can do. And I, we're trying to protect her, but she's not acting as smart as she can probably should we have 1.3 million people to protect so on the one hand i'm trying to protect the entire state but at the same token i don't want her to get hurt either yeah. tempers get flaring when people get scared mm-hmm. and 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 this is not a very nice position to be in hate to see something happen to the little lady she's a nice lady nice ebola worker uh, hate to see we're we're just we're just looking out for her we're just keeping our eyes out for her we're protecting her LePage had actually gone to court. That was Governor LePage. He'd actually gone to court to get permission to keep Katie Hickox from being able to go anywhere. The court rebuked him thoroughly and rebuked uh, Governor Chris Christie by proxy for their idiocy. Uh, The judge at the time wrote that the court is fully aware of the misconceptions, misinformation, bad science, bad information being spread from shore to shore in our country. With respect to Ebola, he didn't say buy Fox News, but he could have. That was Judge Charles C. LeVerdier, the chief judge for the Main District Courts, what he wrote in his ruling at the time. The court is fully aware that people are acting out of fear and that this fear is not entirely rational. He then rejected LePage's legal attempt to restrict Casey Hicksocks' movements and, quote, according to AP, thanked Hickox for her service in Africa and acknowledged the gravity of restricting someone's constitutional rights without solid science to back it up. At the time, uh, minutes after uh, the judge had come down with his ruling, all of a sudden, those state troopers who were there to protect her, to keep the little lady from, you know, anything happen, anything untoward coming uh, her way, those state troopers suddenly uh, were ordered to leave her house the ones that were supposedly there, to keep her safe. So if they were supposed to keep her safe, why are they leaving? So I guess they weren't really there to protect her at all. Now, about five days later, after that, after Katie Hickox, that situation, uh, Maine went on to re-elect Paul LePage to a second term as governor. Now, to be fair, uh, as in his first election, his opposition was split. uh, It was split in two by a third-party candidate, which allowed LePage to sneak in there. The idiot LePage, the idiot governor LePage. All right, now let's move the clock forward to this year, the re-elected Paul LePage. And yeah, as I said, we're skipping a lot of uh, LePage's stupid—some of it is obscene, by the way, so I won't even mention the Vaseline comment— You're welcome. And no, this is still not his dumbest act yet, but this uh, what his dumbest act happened on Tuesday. So we're just now up to June of 2015. Last month, after Goodwill Hinkley, a charitable organization for at-risk youths, which they run two charter schools, they hired... The Democratic House Speaker Mark Eves. Remember him? He's the guy that Paul uh, LePage wanted uh, arrested and executed because the sovereign citizens, that group told him so? Okay. So, this group, this uh, school, this charter school, Goodwill Hinckley, hires the Democratic House Speaker Mark Eves <clears throat> to be the president, to be the next president of their school. And Paul LePage was furious about it. He threatened. $500,000 of state funding to the school if they hired Eves. Now, that loss of that state funding would have cost them matching grants and everything else, so they were eventually forced to let Eves go. Goodwill Hinckley let him go because of these threats from Paul LePage. The former Democratic House Speaker called what LePage did blackmail and says he's considering legal action. And now the state legislature, the government oversight committee at the state legislature, is investigating the whole matter, looking into potential impeachment of this idiot Governor Paul LePage of Maine. Even though Paul LePage, he admits doing this, he admits threatening that uh, half a million dollars of funding, But he says it's illegal for the legislature to investigate him. Now, in the meantime, we're now finally at the dumbest part yet. This is what just happened on Tuesday night. 19 bills sent to the governor by the state legislature for his signature. 19 bills that LePage opposes have now been approved, apparently accidentally, by Governor Paul LePage because he didn't understand how his own state's constitution works. As David Farmer wrote uh, Tuesday night at the Bangor Daily News, Farmer writes, There's a huge hole in Governor Paul LePage's pocket, and a bunch of bills just fell through, handing his opponents and the legislature huge victories. LePage has made a major mistake in his understanding of the legislative process and the main constitution that has allowed at least 19 bills to become law without his signature. The governor attempted to pocket veto the bills, which included a controversial piece of legislation that would provide state support for asylum-seeking immigrants, LePage has used racist language and lies to characterize the asylum seekers as, quote, illegal. Attacking them was central to his reelection campaign and his legislative strategy. But now, unwittingly, it appears he has allowed a bipartisan bill to become law that allows asylum seekers to receive general assistance for up to two years. That's right. He screwed up. A pocket veto. A pocket veto occurs when the governor holds on to bills after the legislature is adjourned. The bills are essentially stuck in limbo, so they're vetoed without him actually having to literally veto them. Now, if it's the second session of the legislature in Maine, the bills, they would be dead, which is apparently what Paul LePage thought was happening here. But if it's the first session, the bills remain stuck in un, remain stuck until the legislature returns for three days, usually the following year. But in this case, the legislature has not adjourned. So, according to the state constitution, these 19 bills that Paul LePage opposes are now the law. And there's no chance for a real veto to happen. The clock has run out. And apparently that's why he did this, because if he had vetoed it, the bills would have been sent back to the legislature and they probably would have been overridden by the not insanely stupid Maine legislature. So he thought he was being clever. I won't sign him at all. I'll just do a pocket veto. Well, yeah, there is a hole in his pocket. David Farmer goes on to write, we may never really understand the governor's motives, but it appears that he was trying to use the pocket veto to potentially avoid overrides of traditional vetoes. The legislature is investigating his abuse of power in the firing of uh, Speaker of the House Mark Eves as president of Goodwill Hinckley. The governor nonetheless is guilty without question of not understanding the Constitution and the legislative process. Now, Paul LePage's office is now claiming that the legislature, they did adjourn. So he's going to fight this. Uh, The whole thing is a complete and utter mess. It has left the clerk of the main house thoroughly confused. Uh, He said, frankly, if he returns these bills now, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, another wrinkle uh, in this saga is apparently that uh, four of the 19 bills are pieces of emergency legislation. They go into effect immediately rather than after the 90-day period usually attached to laws. So they're supposed to go into effect now because Paula Page has uh, failed to properly veto them. This guy must be the dumbest governor in the nation and perhaps the dumbest governor in history. With a record like this, I cannot believe that this guy is not running for the 2016 Republican nomination for president. Oh, a mind is a terrible thing to waste, as they used to say. Or as another Republican genius, former Vice President Dan Quayle once said when he was trying to use that quote, what a waste it is to lose one's mind or not to have a mind, is being very wasteful. How true that is. That's what Dan Quayle actually said. Dan Quayle, who makes Paul LePage look smart. And yes, it's a shame he's not running for president because every other Republican pretty much in the nation is. And there is another governor running for president that actually is kind of dangerous because he's not so stupid. That's Scott Walker. We will talk about that after we take a quick break. And then we will come back also with your calls at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Stay tuned. (laughs) Welcome back. It's your Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We are live at the KPFK studios today. You may tweet me as well as call me. Uh, you can uh, you can reach me on the Twitters at the TheBradBlog. Our friend D.R. Tucker tweets, Don't give Paul LePage any presidential ideas. Too late. Too late. Oh, Paul LePage, please run. I'm having so much fun with the fact that Donald Trump is running that uh, Paul LePage, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if Paul LePage ran. Uh, I will spare you probably uh, Trump news today, even though there is a lot of it, because we got a lot to get to. And I want to get to your calls at 818-985-5735. So you don't have to wait till uh, tomorrow or Friday because there's, oh, there's always Trump news. And I told you, you people laughed at me. You all laughed. You scoffed. You said he's a joke? Well, he is a joke. But you said he was going to, you know, never go anywhere. This dude Donald Trump has skyrocketed to uh to number 2 in uh, in New Hampshire, just behind Jeb Bush, number 2 in Iowa, just behind Scott Walker, who we'll talk about in a moment. Uh and see, but here I wasn't supposed to talk about uh, Donald Trump, but just mention his name and it gets me excited. Uh, Okay, and we haven't talked in a while, by the way. I haven't been able to open the phones in a while uh, since the SCOTUS uh, Supreme Court marriage equality ruling, Supreme Court ratification of Obamacare, Supreme Court ratification of the Fair Housing Act, ratification of the independent redistricting commissions in Arizona and by proxy here in California, and more importantly, ratifying that citizens may change the way elections are carried out via ballot referendum. We haven't gotten to talk about the apparent fall of the Confederate flag, uh, Donald Trump skyrocketing, uh, Bernie Sanders and his huge rallies that nobody in the media seems to be covering as they should. And uh, what I have called the new progressive era that we are now in that I have been predicting and that seems to be upon us. But you may disagree. My phone number is 818-985-5735. Before we get to the phones very quickly, we talked about uh, speaking of not dumb governors. Uh, I on yesterday's broadcast, my guest was Brendan Fisher from the Center for Media and Democracy to talk about what Scott Walker and the Republicans tried to do over the holiday weekend. They passed uh, this measure uh, to add to the uh, to the budget bill there that as soon as that budget is finished, Scott Walker is going to make it official. He's going to announce that he's running for president and he is. Uh, he is much beloved by the base. This guy is a very serious contender. As a matter of fact, uh, next to Donald Trump uh, I and, and Bush, uh, Scott Walker has absolutely the best chance at this point, I would say, of, of winning the nomination. Anyway... Uh, they passed uh, this this bill this uh, called Motion 999, and what they tried to do was sneak in there and say there could be no more open records requests. They knew that uh, Scott Walker was running for president. They knew that he's all about secrecy, uh, that he's got uh, one court case after another against him. The last thing he wants is the national media poking around, making public records requests and finding out how he is in league with uh, so many right-wing corporations and uh, Koch brothers and, uh, uh, you know, that he just doesn't want that. And so they tried to end the Open Records Act in Wisconsin, which is much beloved, and then actually uh, caused folks on the right and left to get uh, crazy about it because it came out of nowhere. Here's what Brendan Fisher told me about how they tried to pass this over the holiday weekend when nobody was paying attention.
2: There was no really no public statement whatsoever, and that part of that is the the, the nature of the way that this was was introduced through this last-minute budget amendment that was that was passed on the mm-hmm. evening of the holiday weekend. So there was no public debate. This was something that they tried to do in the in the dead of night. Um, they've said, "Oh well, we were trying to protect the identities of constituents. Uh, we think that there should be something about the deliberative process, but we." you know but we support transparency we support open government uh, but nobody nobody is buying those explanations i mean that's, that, that any way you look at this the only it, it, the only reasonable conclusion that you can draw is that this was an effort by walker and some republicans in the legislature to to undermine open government in the dead of
0: night or at least they tried that was brendan fisher from the center for media Demo- media and democracy on the broadcast yesterday Uh, You can listen to that whole uh, interview, by the way, at uh, bradblog.com or over here at the archives at kpfk.org. But they ended up pulling that because uh, people did notice it, even though it was over the holiday weekend. But what else was buried in that Wisconsin bill uh, that did not get pulled, that did not get noticed? Well, quite a few things. And before I go to your phones at 818-985-5735 to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about, I'll give you just a quick idea of a couple of the things that were left in this bill. Changes to the state's pension board. One provision would alter the composition of the state board tasked with assessing any potential changes to Wisconsin's retirement system for public employees. Currently, the board known as the Joint Survey in Retirement Systems Committee is made up of a mix of lawmakers in both uh, of both parties representatives from relevant state agencies and a citizen who is not participating in the state retirement program so if motion 99 becomes law it will instead consist the committee will consist of only legislators with the number chosen by the majority party proportional to the ruling party's majority on uh, other legislative committees. So, uh, in effect, it will politicize the board. It will make it all Republican. It will take out uh, what had been a 10-member committee that included uh, the assistant attorney general, um, the commissioner of insurance, secretary of employee trust fund, or a designee. Uh, And so forth. It will make it all completely controlled by the same Republican lawmakers that are in league with Scott Walker that have been, uh, you know, gutting rights that have been uh, taking away, uh, you know, union rights. uh, Making life horrible for everyone but rich people in Wisconsin, that was one of the things that is left in this bill. That could be signed by the governor at any moment. They will also be redefining Wisconsin's living wage, a 1913 law stipulating that Wisconsin's minimum wage, quote, shall not be less than a living wage, has all been changed. They removed the word living wage and they replaced it with minimum wage. So uh, this and this is amidst a legal challenge to Wisconsin's current minimum wage, which is $7.25, which uh, the people challenging and say does not constitute as a living wage. Well, that will all go away. That suit will all go away because with a flip of the wrist here, uh, Scott Walker can just uh, sign a new bill that just removes the requirement for the minimum wage to not be less than a living wage. Uh, under Motion 999, uh, factory or mercantile workers will be allowed, I love this, will be allowed to opt out of regulations requiring that employees receive 24 hours off within every seven consecutive work days. So now they're allowed to work seven days straight and never take a day off. Oh, the miracle of freedom and Scott Walker. God love him. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Oh, and he could be your next president, by the way. Congratulations. Morris in Long Beach, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. What's up, Morris?
2: Uh, Brad, I just wanted to share this with you. uh, Ted Cruz and Scott Walker, they each have uh, just one donor. These donors are billionaires, and they're called the fossil fuel industry. Yep. And uh, you were talking about uh, Governor LePage. I couldn't tell if you were talking about Governor Governor LePage or Rick Perry. Uh, both of them to be of a vindictive spirit. And if we were under a cyber attack, uh, of course, we're the best in the world at cyber attack. doesn't mean folks can't attack us. But if we were under a cyber attack, uh, the governor would never tell us. In Japan, for example, when Fukushima took place, and people were dying due to radiation. The government took three months before they told those folks what was going on.
0: So well, uh,
2: keep going on, Brad. I appreciate the information you're disclosing to us. And have a good day, my
0: friend. Thank you, Morris. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, well, that's right. I don't know if the government would tell us. As a matter of fact, if, the, if we were under a cyber attack, the government might say something like, um, oh, there is no sign of malicious activity, uh, Technical, just technical difficulties. This was not the work of hackers at all. That's the sort of thing that they might say. If they wanted to put us at ease and tell us, oh, don't worry about it, nothing to worry about here, nobody's hacking us, we're not at cyber war. Coincidentally, and I do mean coincidentally, that is exactly what they said today when the New York Stock Exchange went down for three hours, when uh, United Airlines was grounded for an hour, when the Wall Street Journal couldn't be accessed all because of computer problems. Again, just a coincidence. 818-818. 985-5735 985 is our phone number. Oh, and by the way, comparing Paul LePage to Rick Perry uh, is actually a perfect comparison because Maine's governor, Paul LePage, may be impeached because he threatened this uh, school with losing their funding if they hired the Speaker of the, uh, of, of the Maine uh, State House, the Speaker of the House, to be if they hired him to be their next president. Threatened $500,000 worth of funding. Well, that is what Rick Perry, who is running for president, former governor of Texas, that is what Rick Perry is actually under indictment for. He's facing two felony charges down in Texas while he's running for Texas, while, while he's running for president, while he's running for the presidential nomination because he threatened... Uh, A state prosecutor down there who was arrested for drunk driving and said if she didn't leave, he was going to defund her entire office. And her office just happened to be the public integrity office uh, that would have, you know, brought all kinds of charges against Rick Perry and people in government and so forth. And that is being regarded as a form of blackmail. And therefore, Rick Perry is now under two felony indictments while he's running for office. Well, for, not just for office. While he's running for president of the United States, so yeah, Rick Perry and uh, Paul LePage, uh, two two peas in a pod. Is that what they call it? Oh, and by the way, speaking of peas in the pod and people being under indictment and felonies, Chris Christie, when he announced last week that he was running for president, governor of New Jersey, first thing he did was hightail it up to Paul LePage in Maine to get his endorsement. That was his first big endorsement from the idiot governor, Paul LePage. He was so proud of that. He ran up. Oh, this is going to be a fun election, isn't it? 818-985-5735. Let's go to um, Steve in Los Angeles. Hey, Steve, welcome to the Bradcast.
2: Hey, Brad. Um, I just want to say we love your, your work and keep it up. Thank you, sir. And um, I just wanted to say that a friend said that it's the dumb ones you have to look out for, but what you're saying today seems to belie that notion.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, he can only do a limited amount of damage, Paula Page, in Maine. Uh, But, yeah, yeah.
2: And I wanted to offer a suggestion also. Okay. People have not decided where they're going to vacation. They should try Greece. It's just, mm. just to show support for those people because tourism, as you know, is their major industry mm-hmm. and they would love it if people would go over there not only to enjoy themselves on that those beautiful islands, but to show their support for what the people have done, which is stand up to the banks.
0: Mm. Well, yeah. And I guess you can get some uh you can get some bargains there, that's for sure, because uh Absolutely. prices are, are dropped. But uh, okay, well, that's an interesting thought. I don't know if that's going to solve Greece's problems. But, uh, yeah, a show of support for them standing up, standing up to the banks, standing up to the West, standing up to the vultures and vampires who, who are trying to suck the blood out of uh, uh, out of the Greek people on behalf of the uh, industrialists, the co- corporatists who basically want to privatize everything in exchange for bailing out the country. Uh, good point, Steve. Uh, thanks, and I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. Let me go to 818 985 5735 is our phone number. And by the way, we we're off uh, because of the holiday weekend. We don't have a, new, a fresh green news report for you today. We'll have one tomorrow if you tu- turn in uh, to the broadcast uh, tomorrow. All right. Let me go to, who do I go to here? Oh, Habu. Habu in Madison, Wisconsin. Speaking of Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Habu, welcome to the broadcast.
2: Uh well thank you for the opportunity.
0: Sure. Are you calling to, to uh, are you angry at me because I, I badmouthed your governor just now?
1: Oh uh, uh, no of course not. <laughs> are um, you calling uh, to he, th- he, to
0: thank me for that?
1: <laughs> he, he's a little punk but that's what he is but anyway. Yes. Uh, um, w- 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 w-
2: uh, I call because of the um the uh the hacking um of uh, stories today uh-huh. with the United Airlines and Wall Street Journal.
0: Well, the the government and uh, Wall Street Journal and United Airlines and the New York Stock Exchange would like me to remind you that it was not hacking; it was just a coincidental error that hit all three of them at the same time. <laughs> you,
2: you, you know, I I think the the, uh, the 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 this this hacking going back and forth between China and and U.S. is at quite a high level, and 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 this is a shot across the bow. Hmm.
1: Uh,
2: but that's my two cents.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate that. And I don't know if it is a, a shot across the bow as much as it is a it should be at least a warning, a warning uh, for the era that we're entering. And, you know, we always see when these computers go down, we hear, you know, the the White House is hacked, the Pentagon is hacked, the CIA, the Department of all of these guys, they get hacked constantly. And then they immediately blame, oh, it was the Chinese. Oh, it was Russia. Well, where's the evidence for that? It was Iran. It just happens to be our enemies that are able to get uh, at these places. Where's the evidence for that? Well, we're not going to show you the air, We don't have any evidence. You know, whatever. Um, To me, the point is that when you rely on these kind of systems, as we clearly do, I mean, when my Internet goes out in my house, I am insane. For hours, I'm insane to start with, but even worse when the Internet goes down. So I understand that. But you don't put, therefore, you know, mission critical uh, things that rely on it, like voting. And I know that I'm yelling into the wind here and maybe into a vacuum, uh, but I'm telling you, this is where it is going. And if I can educate you people now... So you can stop it in your hometown when they try to move your voting to the Internet. And they are doing that. And out here in Los Angeles, the largest uh, voting jurisdiction in the nation, we are about to move to a touchscreen, 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting system here in Los Angeles. 100 percent unverifiable computer printed ballots, computer marked so there's no evidence if they were actually filled out by human beings or not after an election. You will never know. If you don't know these things, you can't do anything about them. You can't raise hell. You can't. Uh, well, now, you know. So please, please make noise. I can't be everywhere. All right. Well, let tell you what. Let's take a quick break. Uh, phone lines are filling up here. We will get back to your phones, uh, to your calls, because we don't have a Green News report today. 818-985-5735. Uh, more broadcast and your calls. Uh, hang on the line if you're there. I'm Brad Friedman. We'll be right back. <laughs>
1: Stingers, Mother Hooper, Rachel, singers, Lonnie, Mac, and Twang, and Eddie, his, my Ring, we going steady, take it easy, take me high, lie, lie, how's so a fire, locomotion, poker, passion, deep in purple, satisfaction, baby, baby, got it, got it, give me, give me, getting hot, Same is cooking, Leslie Gore, Richie Valens, and the story, My Mom, to Fuji, I'm a Kamasuchi, Rama, Lama, Richard, Perry, Spector, Barry, Righteous, arches, Steelson, Harry, Shimmy, Jimmy, Coco, Poppet, fats back, and finger poppet, is a rock, but the radio gold me. Welcome back!
0: Rolling you right here on The Bradcast, live out at the KPFK Pacifica Radio Studios in Los Angeles today. Taking your calls at 818-985-5735. Uh, I have to, you know, we, we, I, we won't have time for it because the lines are filling up, so I want to get right back to them. Uh, but uh, Desi Doyle, we've got a complaint letter about the Green News Report. i have to read it, uh, I guess, on tomorrow's show. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. I'm talking to you, Desi. Uh, a complaint about the Green News Report.
1: Sorry, I was on with the yeah, uh, callers. I
0: see, I see. Well, I, I was just talking about the Green News Report. Yes. We have a complaint. I'll have to read it to you tomorrow. Oh yes,
1: because You'll have you've to been tune on in. the
0: phone with so many callers. <laughs> All right, or later this week. We'll see when we can get to it. But uh, Des, actually, you may want to stick around for this call, Rolando in Northridge. Uh, hey, Rolando, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Rolando. Yeah.
2: My colleagues, with respect to... What do you think that these people the decline denial? Oh. they thinking now that the Dalai Lama and...
0: Yeah. No idea, uh, uh, Rolando. Uh, it's a, a terrible connection. I'm sorry about that. We'll have to. Uh, I am
1: too, because it was actually it wasn't so bad. But I think he's on his cell phone. He wanted to ask about uh, about the papal encyclical from Pope Francis and the environment. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what else he wanted to know about it. Cause, I know,
0: because we couldn't understand him. And actually, I think right? it's it's papal, not papal.
1: Well, sorry, papal. Yes. You're just
0: used to saying the papal paper, uh, it, it, Rolando. So we we lost. Yeah, we can't uh, we can't get him.
2: Uh, have a great oh. opportunity to join forces now with everybody to say that the big corporations are destroying the
0: planet. Uh, Rolando, join forces. We got to let you go. I can't. I can't hear what he's saying. I wish we could. Um, I'm sorry, Rolando. Uh, you can try to call back and see if we get a better line. Let me go to uh, Don in Los Angeles. Hey, Don. Welcome to the broadcast. What's up, sir?
2: Hey, Brad. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm calling about the uh, the situation in the stock market today. Yeah. I just happened to read an article, I think it was by Wayne Madsen, and I think another article, too.
1: uh uh I think it's a
2: tribute to, to uh, Snowden, that the NSA uh, has developed software, some sort of technology they can backdoor uh, almost any hostile hacker in the world or hostile nation, and make it look like they're doing an attack upon us. And you know, that reminds me of, like, on 9-11, you had uh, $30 million of uh, airline stocks shorter the week before. Yeah. <laughs> I somebody knew what was going on there and this is so insane. You don't know who's doing what to who anymore. Well, you know what? Your whole government going
0: nuts. Well, it it might be, and I suspect we're going to learn a lot more about uh, what happened today on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, for them to go down for three hours, and we still have little or no explanation about what happened. An internal error, I think, is all we know. I think we're going to learn uh, something. There was actually, uh, you know, open orders that were canceled. Uh, they weren't held to put them through after uh, you know they got the. Systems back up. They were canceled. So something is going on. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I will tell you this: Don't read about it at Wayne Madsen because uh, he's, he's, j- he's, he's he's quite experienced. Well, n- he's, he's not
2: like Snowden was. Yeah,
0: no, he's not. He's just not reliable. He is not a not? good journalist to follow. Yeah, I know. I've seen him. I've seen what he's written. Uh, it's. Uh, often has the germ of truth, and then it's littered with all kinds of stuff and nonsense that can't be verified in any way, shape, or form, secret sources, insider, this or that, and they all turn out to be wrong. Not all, but many of them turn out to be completely wrong. I've seen it firsthand. Uh, on stories that I've worked on, sources that I have had, uh, that I have disclosed, uh, and uh, he has uh, reported on those same sources completely incorrectly and wrong. So just be very careful uh, with, with Wayne Madsen. I'm sure he's a nice guy, just not a reliable journalist. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Don. I appreciate your call. Let me go to, uh, boy. You guys want to talk about all of this, uh, this, this uh, cyber stuff for some reason. Uh, Dave in Thousand Oaks. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the broadcaster.
2: Thank you. Uh, My my phone's going out. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear
0: you fine. You're the first one we could hear fine. Yeah. What's up?
2: Just real briefly. uh, I think it's a mistake to put all our eggs in the internet basket. Yeah. But what really worries me is what happens if the internet goes down uh, momentarily or, or uh, globally, locally, as, as it regards nuclear reactors. It scares the hell out
0: of me. Well, are you? do you think that our nuclear reactors rely on the Internet?
2: Uh, everything else does. <laughs>
0: you're, you're right, it does. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't asking that question facetiously. I, I don't know. I would like to think... That the nuclear, that the that the internet uh, could go down and it wouldn't affect our nuke plants, but you know that's in this country that's the way we. Uh, you know what could possibly go wrong? Hey, Desi, are, are you screening? Call? Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea, Desi Doyen, if our nuke plants rely on the internet?
1: I don't think they rely on the internet, but there would be a question, like for example, with uh, a solar flare. If there's a huge solar oh, yeah. storm, there are questions about whether or not uh, it would fry electronics that take care of critical systems.
0: Oh, like shut down, like uh, systems that might be needed to shut down the nuke plants for some reason. Right, you and know, they so there, there that,
1: that is definitely <laughs> an issue that that I think NASA is trying to talk about. But as far as being connected to the internet, no. But there are big hacking attempts from all over the world into our critical systems. Including our electrical grid systems to which the nuclear plants are connected.
0: Thank you, Desi. Do you feel better, David, or worse?
2: Uh, I, I just think that uh, they were so interconnected that there that could be just a small little back backdoor yep. glitch that, that, that might happen because of somebody not being able to access uh, an upgrade, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but.
0: Well, let me. Uh, but,
2: uh, but, but I play one on TV. The,
0: the, let me, uh, since your name is David, uh, let me put it to you this way, as Hal would. There's nothing to worry about, Dave. <laughs> Everything is fine. Have Open a good day. Open the pod Al. <laughs> there you go. I Thank you. I'm sorry, Dave. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Um, uh, let me go to uh, Lynette. Hey, Lynette. Welcome to the broadcast in L.A.
2: Thanks for taking my call. Sure.
0: Thanks the, for being taken.
2: the uh, uh, I should say, the feudalist, corporatist, fascist that we see that have taken over the government and corporate America and put this class warfare down. Now we have these opportunistic bureaucrats that are on the take with their class warfare, but it's more like, let's say, what happened with HUD last week that got by the news headlines. Those executives did not give themselves $10,000 raises. They gave themselves $4 million raises, and it went right under the radar. And it just really sickens to me that is that how it really goes? Once you become a CEO of a uh, governmental agency like that, you get to give yourself a $4 million raise on the people's dime?
0: Well, heck yes. Ralph
2: Nader should be really, really, really out in the streets. and We should be out in the streets about this.
0: Yeah, you should be. Uh, Ralph can't do everything. And you're right, Lynette. Apparently it did go under the radar because I I didn't even hear about it. Uh, Thanks. I I do appreciate that. Uh, Do we have time for one more? Let's get to, uh, let's see if we can get in uh, one or two more here. Uh, Let's go to George in Coarse Gold, California. Really? Coarse Gold?
2: Yeah, it's near Yosemite, Brad.
0: I like that name. All right, you got uh, 30 seconds. Go for it, George.
2: Yeah, uh, prior to this glitch on Wall Street today and uh, the computers going down and all that, uh, the markets in Asia were uh, collapsing, and uh, the Dow Jones and all that had been been dropping precipitously. I wonder if their um, programs, which are supposed to cut out when there's too big a drop or there's too much, uh, losses or whatever kicked in, and
0: uh, the, they're trying to distract us maybe well, from the... Well, they, might, Asian, uh, they might, George, but usually they just say the stops are in. They didn't do it this time. I gotta get out, however. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyan, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, to our soundboard operator, G. Uh, we'll be back with you, same Brad time, same Brad channel, I hope, tomorrow. Until then, you can find me at bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world!